Hello, and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune, but with a twist. I'm Maya, a singer, a songwriter, video maker, and Oakland native. I'm also a huge fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. This month, we have some very special episodes. Each week, one of my friends will be taking over the podcast to share their favorite deep cuts with you. Rounding out this fun month of guest hosts is the lovely and very, very funny Noah Khan. You might know him from songs like Hurt Somebody and False Confidence. We also did a collab back in October of 2020 called Pride. Noah, take it away. It's 365 with Noah Khan. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no it won't be tough, gonna go Till you've had enough It's 365 Noah On this day in 1992, a deadly uprising broke out in Los Angeles, California. Earlier that day, the court reached a verdict in a trial about four police officers beating of Rodney King, a black man. The police were deemed not guilty of using excessive force, sparking outrage. Let's look back at this historical moment, but keep in mind that this episode will include discussions of police brutality, racist attacks, and violence. If you think this might be triggering, catch us back here tomorrow for another episode. It all started in March 1991, when Rodney King, then 25 years old, was arrested for drunk driving. During his arrest, four L.A. Police Department officers beat him up, striking him with batons more than 50 times. Yes, driving under the influence is a crime, but there was never a good reason for police officers to brutalize someone like this, attacking him until he was severely injured. An observer filmed the attack from his apartment building and sent the video to a news station, which caused the event to gain widespread attention. Over a year later, the four officers were put on trial for the use of excessive force. In the footage, it's clear that even though King was helpless on the ground, the police continued to hurt him for 15 minutes straight. Still, three officers were declared not guilty, and for the fourth officer, the jury failed to reach a verdict. For black people especially, this was a real punch in the gut. So an uprising broke out across L.A. Over six days, 63 people were killed, 2,383 were injured, and more than 12,000 people were arrested. After the third day of rioting, Rodney King famously asked in a news conference, can we all get along? A lot of listeners might have the same question. Can we all get along? But there are more questions at play too. Why did the police brutalize Rodney King in the first place? Are six days of deadly protests and uprising a reasonable response to the verdict? These are the questions that we're still asking today. Last summer, as new uprisings emerged throughout the U.S., after police officers killed Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and too many others, we looked to these L.A. uprisings for historical context. Some people argue that destroying businesses doesn't help the issue. Others say that if the destruction of a Walmart matters more to people than racist, state-sanctioned murder, then their priorities are in the wrong place. In a landmark essay published at the height of the protests in Ferguson, Missouri, after the murder of Michael Brown in 2014, Vicki Osterweil wrote, For most of America's history, one of the most righteous anti-white supremacist tactics available was looting. The sentiment echoes a famous quote from Martin Luther King Jr. who said that, A riot is the voice of the unheard. History backs these claims. When institutionalized racism and police brutality become so ingrained in our culture that people feel hopeless, they turn to violence as a way to demand attention and change. Some people believe that if violence can conquer white supremacy and lead to change, then the ends justify the means. Others look closely at who suffers in the wake of property damage. Sometimes it is a Walmart, but sometimes it's a small business owner or a person of color. These issues are understandably complicated. During the LA uprisings, the city suffered over $1 billion of property damage, and almost half of that damage occurred in a predominantly Korean neighborhood. 2,200 Korean-tile businesses were looted, but police were unresponsive to their calls. 
The director of the LAPD had resigned in the wake of the uprisings, leaving the city police force disorganized and directionless, amplifying the damage. These are complicated histories. But what isn't complicated is that white supremacy hurts all of us. No one deserves to die at the hands of the police, yet here we are almost 30 years later still fighting the same fight. However, in the wake of Rodney King's case, there has been change. Fernando Guerra, a professor who studies Los Angeles at Loyola Marymount University, has helped the city run a survey since 1997 about race and policing. In 97, only 37% of people in LA said that people from different races were getting along well. But in 2017, this figure rose to 76%. Still, there's so much more work to be done. The best way to prevent these uprisings is to combat the racism that leads to police brutality in the first place. We all can do our part to educate ourselves about the history of racial violence in the United States, to stand up against white supremacy, and to listen to those who are most affected. Now let's talk about music. Today we have a very special guest. Maya is here to talk about an April 29th in their life. Hey, um, I'm Maya, and an important date for me would have to be April 29th. Um, that was the day that I moved into state with my family. And nothing really important happened on that day. We were kind of just driving <laughs> across <laughs> to the new place we were moving into. But um, I really believe that if I never moved, I, I would not be the same person. I would not have the same opportunities that I have now. I would not have my career. <laughs> I wouldn't be surrounded by the amount of amazing creative people that I am surrounded by that I love and adore. And I'm so grateful to have in my life. And I don't think that I would change that for anything. So yeah, I think that that is probably the most influential day in my life. On this day in 2015, I was preparing myself to go to college at Tulane University in New Orleans. Um, and it was a really, really hectic time in my life because I had this music thing starting up and that was kind of getting some traction, but also like my whole life plan was to go to college. And so I was under this crazy stress to make a decision. Uh, and eventually my parents were just like, don't go to college. You're an idiot. And we don't want to spend $63,000 for you to become a functioning alcoholic. Go be a musician because you're pretty good at music and you can always go to college later. Um, so I was really surprised, but also so grateful for their support in that moment where I was like, oh, I don't want to disappoint anyone or myself. And, you know, they they told me that I wouldn't be disappointing anybody and that I had to make the best decision for me. And um, it was the most important decision of my life. And uh, it was, uh, yeah, being on this podcast today reminds me of uh, the anxiety I felt when I was, when I was kind of making that decision. So, um, yeah, that's what happened today. Thanks for going back in time with me, y'all. And remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Come back tomorrow for more stories from the past. It's 365 with Noah Khan. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff. No, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've